Art History Bay Briefs. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Natalie. I'm Ginny. And we are the Art History Babes. And we're here in San Francisco at we're Ginny's. We're here in my little room. It's so nice, guys. It's so cozy. <laughs> we'll have some content for you to see. Oh, yes. Our sitch. It's like a lovely day. The air is not full of smoke uh-uh. at the moment. We're having like a nice little gentle bay breeze coming in. So it feels auspicious. Auspicious as auspicious as heck this is a baby episode it is clean we're here for educational purposes (laughs) but first we pulled a tarot card that we're gonna read why not this is our vibe for this episode we think it works eight of pentacles let's have you read it jen jen pulled it okay let's get the vibe hustle grit craftsmanship crafting your artistry takes passion patience and grit learning by doing is exactly what you're up to right now you're completely focused on absorbing new skills and mastering your chosen craft hustle and commitment are what give you your edge and you are dedicated to achieving the best job possible building a new skill or breadth of work is time consuming however you know that it will be worth it in the end keep on chugging Your patience, commitment, focus, and dedication are put to the test, but you are surely up for the challenge. Day by day, you get better and better, knowing that your skills will build up over time. The more you apply yourself, the more rewarding it feels to see where you started and how far you've come. I like that. I think that's fitting for multiple reasons. I think so too. Whenever I pull a pentacle card, it's like, yeah, like this is like, we're, we're taking some action, but it's not like action for the sake of action. It's like thoughtful and intentional action. That is definitely the direction I think we're moving opposed to previous. (laughs) I think uh, this podcast started as a very like ethereal go with the flow. Like we just need to decompress. It is what it is. We're just going to talk into mics and see what happens. And of late, we've definitely taken a more dis not I mean, not disciplined in a bad way, but just intentional. Yeah route. We've been making more intentional business decisions, more intentional collaborations, reaching out to people that we really want to work with personally, which has been great. And we wrote a book. We wrote a book and I'm holding it in my hands for the first time today. Oh, it is powerful. Emotions. Lots of emotions. Just seeing something that was so of the immaterial become material because <laughs> it yeah. was all just you know in our heads and in google docs and in emails and then to see like a tangible bound book is mm-hmm. just wild and so cool and i want everyone to have it in their hands and and love it that is yeah. our hope <laughs> it's really exciting to think there will be people listening to this yeah. and holding this possibly at the same time very soon the (laughs) book could release before this episode quite honestly right like (laughs) you know us who knows it's a it's 50 50 the book is out september 1st so you guys will know better than we do right now if that is before or after you will know you are the oracles of that information Uh, not us yeah so we're very excited that is our main focus right now i'd say yeah i mean it is like our child that we just created and is now like out there in the world 
and yeah we're so excited just happy that it's it's out there and that it's done because it was quite a process to make it happen but we're so glad it happened as most new mothers say we're just happy that part's over we got our baby now we're stoked we're holding it we're caressing it all is good in the world and then also We've got this baby episode for you all. Yeah, we have a little baby. Uh, it's been a minute since we've recorded a baby. Right. Slash released a baby slash Stephen probably thought about a baby episode. Yeah, I know. Looking at that list, it was like, oh my goodness, we've done so many good ones already and there are still so many out there. Which, <laughs> you know, in the new world that we live in, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be a lot more at home audio learning. Online so learning. if if you're yeah. new to this and you found us because you have no other options, welcome. welcome. <laughs> We're so glad you're We're here. happy to have you. <laughs> <laughs> if you've made it past the tarot and personal gushing section, I'm glad you're still here. <laughs> it gets more informative from here on. Yes, we promise. <laughs> so should we get into it? What are we talking yeah. about today, Jen? So we are talking about the presentation of the portrait of Marie de Medici by Peter Paul Rubens. And this is part of a large cycle of paintings that Rubens painted between 1622 and 1625. So in 1622, the Queen of France, Marie de Medici, commissioned the artist Peter Paul Rubens to paint a series of paintings celebrating various events from her life. The cycle of paintings, as they're known, adorned one of the galleries of her new home, the Luxembourg Palace in Paris. During the Baroque period, Rubens was one of the most popular and prolific painters in Europe, especially amongst royalty. By adding mythological and allegorical details to the paintings, Rubens worked to aggrandize the stories from Marie's life and visually suggests that her role as queen was divinely ordained. So basically, God wanted her to be queen. Yeah, she was chosen. She was the chosen one. And so it must be. <laughs> My middle name's Marie, so I, I oh, feel that's right. connected to her. Yeah. And everyone always assumes I'm Italian, so. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. for both those reasons. Your last name, it's like, I could see that. Yeah. Confusion. Yes. Also, yeah. Oh, so sir wally we are recording sir oh he has stuff to say <laughs> angrily i don't think he the likes stairs. these paintings <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so mad all right well now that wally's gotten that out of his system <laughs> all right back to marie <clears throat> Marie came from the powerful Medici family of Florence in Italy and was married to King Henry IV of France in 1600. Henry was assassinated in 1610, leaving Marie to act as the queen regent in place of their son, Louis XIII, who was too young to rule. And Marie ruled as the queen of France for seven years, but she was eventually exiled in 1617 due to discord with the court and with her son, Louis. However, she eventually reconciled with her son, the new king of France, and returned to Paris in 1620. The commission of Rubens to paint the major events of her life marks her re-entry to Paris and her desire to present her reign as one of peace and prosperity through 
through a cycle of paintings. Yeah, I mean, this, art convinces all. That's how you do it, right? You wanna, you gotta <laughs> hey, do. Remember, good remember PR. Remember when I was queen? I was a good, I was a good queen. Remember all that peace, all that prosperity. Remember, you know, you so know? much art, so much peace, so much money. So good. You're welcome. During this time period, royal engagements often involved portraits. When the potential bride or groom were geographically far from one another, it was not as easy for, say, the King of France, like Henry IV, to actually physically see his bride before agreeing to a marriage contract. So painted portraits served as a way for a groom to quotations, see his bride in advance. This particular painting, the presentation of the portrait of Marie de' Medici, depicts Henry IV being shown a little portrait of Marie. So it's a painting of a scene with a little painting in it. Mm -hmm. It's paintingception. Yes, exactly. In actuality, French and Italian ambassadors presented Marie's portrait to Henry, and the marriage was approved largely due to political and financial reasons. The painting, however, presents an idealized and symbolic view of the engagement. So this reminds me a lot of contemporary engagement photo shoots <laughs> or even just yeah. the capturing of an engagement to yes. then display <gasps> as like an announcement. Oh. Think about it, like on social media, because at first I was like, this painting is so silly. You know, it's, yeah. it's interesting, but it's silly. Right. But it's not that silly because we still do this we stuff do. today. So wow. this is basically just like an imagined scene right. of the moment that Henry was like, yes, yes I'm going to marry this woman. She must be my wife. Nowadays, <laughs> that photo is taken by a sneaky photographer in a bush. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, on a beach in Tahoe. Right. But it's the same, you know, you, you're you looking for that expression on his face. Or yes. even just like the photos that people take at weddings where like mm. you're looking for a certain expression on the groom's face. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, oh, that's so true. It's, it's a little it's a little performative, I would say. For no sure. shame. You know, love, love, love. <laughs> but uh, just <laughs> reminded me. Yeah. No, you're right. I hadn't thought of it that way. That is so true. We've been doing it a long time, you guys. Mm -hmm. We don't change that much. We don't. <laughs> we really don't. So starting from the top of this massive painting, which is over 12 feet high, sit two mythological figures representing the king and queen of the Olympian gods. So Jupiter and Juno, or Zeus and Hera in Greek. So Jupiter, Juno, Roman, Hera, Zeus, Greek. I'm going to say the lady first because, yeah, lady power. Truly. Yeah. So they appear as if they're floating down from the heavens, seated upon a cloud, you know, just yeah. riding As the king and queen of Olympus do. Yeah. How else would you expect them to arise? Truly. Arrive. We know that it's Jupiter and Juno because both gods are flanked by their animal symbols. Jupiter's is an eagle and Juno's, her animal symbol, is a peacock. So she has a whole a little pair of peacock. A little couple. A couple of little lovebirds. I wonder if there's like a name for two peacock. You know how there's like... Oh, yeah. Flock of seagulls, a gaggle a murder of, geese, of crows, which is the best one. <laughs> That's I always my favorite of yeah, all time. <laughs> murder. Uh, here comes that murder. So loud. 
So the gods are angled toward one another in this kind of affectionate pose that signifies their bond, their love, marriage. And then there's the actual god of marriage, Mm -hmm. who is Hymen, if you recognize that word. Yeah. There is, uh, here's the lineage back to, yeah, why. I know. It's so many layers there. So Hymen, the god of marriage from ancient mythology. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we know the term in terms of female anatomy, where it's like, if the hymen is intact, you are like considered virginal. And that's like the way that marriage Mm -hmm. contracts were looked at, where it was vital for, and still in many cultures is, for women to have that intact. Yes. So that's where that word comes. (laughs) That's where that word comes from. Many medical terms come from Greek and Roman words. Great point to make. It's, yeah, that's a complicated one. Quick side note (laughs) that is also related, but so much of this is reminding me of the new show that I just watched, The Great. Have you heard of (gasps) or watched? Yes, Catherine the Great with Elle Elle Fanning. Fanning. What a good show. It's very good, and it, it adds a very contemporary humorous spin on all of this stuff and Mm -hmm. there's a scene where she's yeah showing up as the new bride as you were talking about the whole like them not getting to see each other like that reminded me of it too Mm -hmm. you know she's like in love with him because of this letter that he wrote her and then she gets there and finds out that he didn't write it and like all you know it's just so well done and she's she gets a I guess unofficial examination examination Mm -hmm. by not a gynecologist but a priest yep so yeah all of this stuff it's a great show watch it if you're um of age (laughs) it's very funny it's not very appropriate (laughs) but back to this painting so the god hymen is on the left side holding the portrait of marie uh, for henry to look at and i think oh and then cupid is holding the other side of the portrait so Mm -hmm. we've got the god of love we've got the god of marriage yep we've got the married gods of all the gods of all the gods yeah (laughs) there's a lot of layered symbolism here validating this union so cupid is kind of gesturing toward marie's likeness and kind of gauging henry's reaction Mm -hmm. feeling it out what do you think bro right like you think she's you and Henry's he's giving us the face that every woman wants I guess I know it's so interesting because like in reading about this painting and in videos about this painting people are like look at him he looks so besotted and I'm I look at him and he looks not that amused yeah or not not amused but like he doesn't look entranced or like love struck he kind of just looks I don't know it reminds me of the way that like a grandfather looks at his grand baby you know what I mean like it's definitely admiration and like a oh but it's yeah. not which which maybe, is maybe more maybe regal tracks for yeah too, because he was he was like 47 when they married and she was I think mm-hmm. like at least 20 years younger than him mm-hmm. so maybe that was somewhat intentional on Ruben's part but yeah you read about this and they're like look at him he looks like he is just love struck and that's how you would want to be gazed upon I'm like really I don't I don't personally I yeah. don't know but you know Yeah, Yeah, I'm with you. Questionable. So yeah, Marie in her portrait looks very poised, very regal. It's a tiny little portrait. 
But she sits as a queen should, shoulders straight, direct gaze, very confident, dressed in fine clothes, jewelry, just looking very important and wealthy and regal. Which is what you want for a queen. The show. It's not just about love and mythology, though. Behind Henry IV stands the personification of France, a robed female in a helmet pictured murmuring into his ear. Viewers are expected to assume France is assuring Henry that a marriage to Marie would be advantageous for the country. In the distance, there is a smoldering battlefield meant to signify that in entering into this marriage, Henry can leave behind war and enter into a time of peace. His shield and helmet are abandoned on the ground, now playthings for a couple of pooty. Isn't that nice? Little playful little pooty. <laughs> Playing with some some battle regalia. <laughs> I mean, the one that's like hugging the helmet is pretty great. <laughs> just, he genuinely looks like a drunk little baby he just does. like falling over. He always look that way. They just look you know, like be? they had too much wine, which they probably did. Yeah. <laughs> Assuming they were real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's our they're podcast. Just like we grabbing can say they're things that are too big for them. They're always doing stuff like that. Shenanigans. Truly. I mean, that's very baby-like, though, I will yep, say. Definitely. So Marie de Medici was an influential patron of the arts throughout her lifetime and her reign. Her aim with commissioning this series of paintings in particular was to validate and celebrate her reign as queen. In this particular painting, Rubens aimed to show the divine approval of Marie and Henry's wedding as well as the political advantage of their union. Important to note here, by the time this was painted, Henry was dead and Marie had only just returned from her exile. So her intention was to remind France, and perhaps herself, of her achievements once she married Henry IV. Problem was, her life was apparently not all that interesting. (laughs) So Rubens had to get pretty creative, hence all of the gods and putti and allegorical everything. So one major achievement was that she did give birth to her son, Louis XIII, and through her marriage to Henry, she provided an heir to the throne in Louis XIII. Which so, is a, you know, it's a big deal. Yeah. That's, that's really what they were, that was their main goal. Yeah. She, <laughs> uh, she fulfilled her purpose. Yeah. She also gave us this dope series of paintings. Right? So there's that. As Ginny mentioned earlier, Henry was 47 at the time of their marriage, had no heir from his previous marriage. So time was ticking. Yeah. Things were getting serious. And after her husband's death, Marie ruled France as queen, which Credit to her, not easy for a woman and a foreign woman at that. Mm-hmm. Again, the great vibes, hardcore. Right. <laughs> such a exactly. good show. It's such exactly. a good show. Uh, so, in commissioning Rubens to paint this series of paintings, she was visually vindicating her rule and her position as the French queen. Totally, totally. And I mean, Rubens in oh. particular was so, he was at the time so popular and such a popular court painter because he really was like very good Mm -hmm. at traveling to different countries in Europe and becoming close with the royalty and painting paintings for them that were like very political Mm because this is a political painting and the whole cycle definitely are political paintings because it's meant to you know really glorify her life and her specifically like her life in France Mm -hmm. so you know she came from Italy entered into this marriage in a country that was not familiar to her and ruled as queen for a while so he was able to create this whole visual story of how she came to be a Mm -hmm. 
queen mm-hmm. in France and how she was an advantageous one. Exactly. Exactly. He was good at that. He really was. It's no wonder she picked him. She needed him. Like <laughs> she, really she needed did. him to spin his magic and mm-hmm. kind of sell her to the French people. Absolutely. And you know, we're talking about the painting of Henry receiving the portrait of Marie de Medici, but even more political and more in your face with everything Jenny just said is the one of Marie de Medici, Queen of France, landing in Marseille, mm-hmm. November 3rd, 1600. And it's, yeah. we could do a whole nother episode on that one. There's so much going on. But if the first painting that we talked about was an engagement announcement, <laughs> this is like... What would this be like? It would be. What's the thing they do for the president? The um, inauguration. It'd be like an, an inauguration. Yes. yes. It's an it's an yes. inauguration like portrait, but at the time, what would have been the whole event basically? Exactly. Smashed into it, a large painting, but still a single a painting. A big event comprised into a composition. Yeah. Now, yeah. and and it's interesting too because I had thought about that where it's like she was doing this to convince French people like, "Hey, I've been good for you. I've mm-hmm. been good to you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also the fact that it was put into her own palace, I think is really interesting because I think in a lot of ways it was also meant to remind herself mm-hmm. like, "Hey, and you know, her court, the people around, yeah, like I'm right? back. I'm Like you're coming to my palace. I just got back from exile." They Things were a little bumpy for a while there, but I'm back. I'm good with my son. Rubens is painting for me. Rubens you heard of them? 24 gigantic paintings for me. How many paintings has Rubens painted for you, Mary? Didn't think so. So it was a statement on yeah. multiple, multiple levels. Yeah. And I mean, I think we hinted at it heavily before, but also just this like overabundance of marriage iconography where it's like marriage, love, meant to be, all the gods know it, all of the world, France knows it, everybody knows that we are soulmates. Right. Which I'm assuming wasn't the vibe. But I don't, from, from what I've read, they were not all that enamored with one another. They weren't married for that long. Henry had had multiple mistresses and was supposed to marry one of them instead of her. And then I believe he owed her father a lot of money because the Medici family was a really powerful banking family. So they were not a royal family, but they had a lot of money Mm. and power. So he owed her family a favor. (laughs) Yikes. Well, which is, you know, not how you want it to go, but it's how it often went. Well, she got to rewrite it how she wanted it to go. So isn't that what matters? That's, you know, you create your own reality. (laughs) Truly. Oh, Marie. Oh, sweet baby angel. Have you seen these in person? Because I've been to the Louvre, but I don't think that I have seen these. Or if I had, it was lost on me. It was a, quite a while ago I was last there. <laughs> I I must have at least... Yeah, they're all in the Louvre, huh? Yeah. I mm-hmm. must have. Next time. I, really, I, th- I think I remember seeing the landing mm-hmm. painting. But yeah. again, I just don't know if that's the truth or if that's just me very actively remembering the lesson that I sat through in college that was lovely Professor Costanza Dopfel if you're listening I still remember that lecture it was wonderful beautiful you did an amazing job if I did not do you proud I'm sorry (laughs) 
But yeah, no, these just the story I think of these paintings of like mm-hmm. it just reminds me of PR. Like I don't know yeah. how else to put it and Absolutely. that stuck that stuck with me. Absolutely. And I mean, not to say that marriages haven't and still do take place for like very honest and loving intentions. However, marriages are also, in many, many cases, a political contractual agreement. And this is an example of that where, like, this was not a love match. Mm -mm. They didn't meet at a ball and fall in love henry was quite a bit older than her they is i mean maybe i don't know the extensive history but i do not think they had ever met before this and it was strictly because of political and financial reasons and especially because the medici were from italy so they were by extension catholic Mm -hmm. and the french monarchy was trying to align with the Catholic Church because of wars that they were waging with other countries. So, you know, it was really driven by that. But you look at this woman who her husband is dead. You know, she had some rocky times with the French court and her own son. And looking back on that, it's understandable, I think, that she would like to idealize that. And I think that's just human nature. You look back on things like that and you want to play it up to be like, oh, no, that was that was beautiful. And it was romantic. And and obviously royalty throughout time and geographical locations have often looked at themselves as being ordained by some kind of higher power. Mm-hmm. That's not new. Nope. <laughs> it is absolutely so not. You kind of see the, the combination of all those factors here in this painting. Yeah, definitely. Now I'm just thinking about the great so I'm, I'm completely lost. So, I need to finish that. It's so solid. I just finished yeah. it like five days ago. Okay. Well, I think that's all we have for you. That's pretty good. That's where we leave you. <laughs> this is where we say adieu <laughs> in my best French accent, which is not all that it's great. so beautiful. Thank you for listening so much. This has been a little baby episode, an art history babe brief. Check us out on other full-length episodes yes. and all that we do. All that we do. Go to our website. Go to our Instagram Please buy our book. We worked yes. really hard on it. We're really proud of it. Oh, I'm holding it in my hand again. And it's something. Guys. It's something. So good. All right. Well, have a great rest of your day, day night, night, morning, wherever whatever. you're at. We love you. We appreciate you. And goodbye. Talk to you soon. We are so cute, though. <laughs> Just an angry little man. He just came down to be like, hey, hey, hey quiet down. <laughs> Being really loud. <laughs> <laughs>